Well, good morning, everyone. We are going to talk about that drama in a minute, but first I thought we'd talk about goats. Yeah? No, not those kind of goats. I'm talking G-O-A-T, goats, greatest of all time. You've all heard that phrase, right? The greatest of all time. You might not know it's actually been around longer than you might think. It started with Muhammad Ali, who was often known to say, say it with me if you know, I am the greatest. Today we're talking about humility, just kidding. After he had already been saying that for a while, his wife decided, hey, let's incorporate that. And in September of 1992, she incorporated GOAT, Greatest of All Time, Inc., as their business to be all things branded Muhammad Ali. And that's kind of when it really got that. And then in the year 2000, not too much later, LL Cool J released his hip hop song that was called Goat. So it kind of made a resurgence again. And now it's kind of everywhere. You hear it everywhere. So I thought what we could do as we started this morning is to do a little survey. I'm going to give you some options for two people. And I want to hear from you by kind of like round of applause, shout, whatever, who you would vote for as the goat. So Let's start with one of my favorite categories, which is female comedic geniuses. Would you say Carol Burnett or Lucille Ball? All right, so let's hear it for Carol Burnett. Celebrating 90 years recently, and Lucille Ball? Oh, okay, okay. We're all picturing the one where she's stuffing the chocolate in her face, I know, okay. All right, next one, let's go to music. Elvis or Dolly? Elvis pardon, I mean Elvis pardon. (laughs) That solves it, make, make them one person. Okay, uh, let, let's hear it, who, who would say Elvis? <laughs> who would say Dolly? <laughs> I don't know if there's more Dolly fans, but they are definitely louder, right? <laughs> All right, one more, let's go to the acting category for men, uh, Morgan Freeman or Robert De Niro? You've gotta pick one. Who would pick Morgan Freeman? Who would pick Robert De Niro? I don't know. If this sways it at all, I I love Morgan Freeman, and one of the reasons I love him so much is I saw him a long time ago, like over 20 years ago, on um, Inside the Actors Studio with James Lipton, and he said this phrase, and I often do not remember things people say. You'll (laughs) learn that about me if you get to know me. But um, he said this, and I loved it so much, um, especially since, I'm, uh, since I lead our drama team. Um, he said, acting is not creative. It is giving the creator access. And I love that. So now who votes for Morgan Freeman, huh? <laughs> All right, so there is something in us that just wants to know who the greatest is. And it doesn't stop with musicians or athletes or entertainers or any of that because all of us have an innate desire on some level to be great. Even the most humble among us, we want to reach our full potential, right? We wanna become the best possible us. And it's not arrogance, uh, it's just being human. It's part of this narrative that we have that says, I'm gonna take whatever talent I have and I'm gonna try to get better at it. And hopefully with a little bit of work and a little bit of luck, I might get to be great. And I think we all wanna be great at what we do, whatever that is. If you're a teacher, don't you wanna be like the best teacher you can be? If you are a musician, the best musician. If you're an accountant, the greatest accountant you can be. Or, Or mom, or grandpa, or gardener, or whatever. Because when we're good at what we do, 
It means we are making a meaningful contribution to, to the world, to our community, to our family. And it also often means that we're actually really enjoying life because we're getting to do something that we are great at. All of us are in what I'm gonna call a movement toward greatness, a movement toward great. Whether you know it or not, whether you've called it that or not, in fact, by the simple fact that you are here with us on a Sunday morning or you're here watching online tells me that you want to take time out of a busy life to be present to be better right? So I know there's something in you that wants to be great. The problem is that the goal of getting to greatness is kind of elusive, right? Because how do you know when you get there? How do you know when you finally made it to great? Who among us would say, I have made it. (laughs) I finally made it. No more improvement needed here. No. There's definitely something in us that wants to be great, but more often than not, we don't feel like we are there yet. And in fact, we might never be sure that we're there because between us and greatness are a lot of buts. Like I wanna be great, but I'm too flawed. I'm trying to be great, but I'm only average. And and that's why I say that greatness feels elusive, like there's this target, this bullseye, and we know it's there, but somebody blindfolded us, and then they tied our hands together, and also we don't have anything to hit the target with, but other than that, totally doable. For some of us, we might say that greatness feels elusive because what the world or society says is great just doesn't sit right with our soul. Some of us want to be great, but we also don't want to be prideful. So how do I move toward greatness but keep my pride in check? Well, it might surprise you, and I want to say this to you today, that I think God wants you to be great. I think that he wants you to be your own goat. But the way that you get there, it might not be the way that we think we get there. So... If if any of you is feeling worn down or feeling the pressure of having to like muster up and be the best you can be or even just the, the pressure of trying to be the best version of you that you can be, I wanna just invite you to just take a breath, let the words of Jesus sink into your soul and let them realign your heart with what greatness really is. And we're gonna learn today together how to get there. Um, Each week in this series, we've been in Choose This, Not That. Chris has been giving us a list of things that we resolve. And if you've been here, you've been taking pictures or writing it down. These are things we resolve. They are pre-decisions that we make before another decision comes our way so that when we get to a place where we need discernment for direction in our lives, we're gonna lean on what we've already resolved. So same today, by the end of our time today, you will have a few more resolves that are gonna be able to guide you, specifically when you're making a decision that has to do with your movement toward great. 
We're gonna be in Luke 22 to start off, so if you'd like to follow along in your phone or in your Bible, you can do that. In just a sec, we'll have it up here on the screen. In Luke 22, Jesus is having a, a conversation with his closest followers. It takes place during the Last Supper, which means it is one of the last conversations that he has before he gets arrested. And the Bible tells us that some of them had asked him, who will be the greatest? Here's what he says in Luke 22, verse 26. He who is greatest among you, let him be as the younger, and he who governs as he who serves. For who is greater, he who sits at the table or he who serves? Is it not the one that sits at the table? Yet I am among you as one who serves. He's saying that let's all agree that our logic tells us that the greatest is the one who is served. And then he says, yet, or but, or but instead, I, Jesus, come as one who serves. Now, this whole conversation that they're having, we have to understand in that day, this idea of greatness had a lot of different nuances to it. Like in, in society, you knew who was the greatest. If you were standing around people, you knew where everybody stood on the social ladder. And the reason that you had to know that is because it changed how you respond to them. It changes how you treat them. And in that day, here's a couple of things that made you great. Uh, one was your age. Some of you in here might be glad to know that older was better than younger. So you would defer to those older. Another thing that made you great is your wealth. Another thing is your education. Another thing is simply your gender. And if there's any confusion about how women were treated back then, I want you to know that gender was male. The males would be considered greater. So hierarchy really mattered in that culture. But when you add to the fact that Jesus said this around a table, well, that just ups the stakes even more. Because if you were around the table, you were sat in order of your importance. The host would be at the head of the table. On that person's right or left are the places of most honor. And then going down the line, it would decrease in greatness. So that at the very end of the table were the least great among them. So these are the people you looked at and you're like, I mean, you got invited to the party, but we all know you were last on the list. Okay, that's kind of how that happens. Okay, the goal in, then, in, in the society as they moved toward greatness was to move up the table. But what we see Jesus do is he skips all of that. He doesn't even talk about being at the table. Instead, he says, what is the greatest is not even any of the ones at the table. It's the ones who serve. So as usual, we see Jesus just flip things on their head. And he says, the greatest among you will be the least. He says, if you are aiming to be great, it will come in lowering yourself, not amplifying yourself. Because the Jesus kind of greatness comes through serving. And while that might feel kind of counterintuitive, I think it's actually some pretty life-giving news for us. Because it means that we get to stop climbing and trying to outdo each other. It means that we don't have to keep feeding that drive in us, that compulsion to be the best, to be on top, and there's freedom in that, right? 
Thinking back to our drama that we saw earlier, here was this character who was the greatest on the org chart, right? He was the boss, he was the top, and yet he put a practice in his life of serving so that he could stay grounded and tethered to the idea of serving. When you're facing a decision that is tempting you toward greatness, what if you put it through the filter of service? If saying yes to a certain decision means that you are amplified, what Jesus would tell you is that that is not the way to greatness. If, on the other hand, saying yes would lead you more towards serving, then what we see that Jesus would say is that that is the true path to greatness. Because here's the truth, that thing that we're after, that satisfaction, that feeling of accomplishment and, and feeling full and even feeling great, it's not a bad thing at all. It's just that we often don't go about it the Jesus way. So with that in mind, I wanna go back to the Bible and I wanna show you in a few different passages just how it works that serving leads to greatness. So we're gonna jump over to 2 Corinthians chapter eight. And this is verse nine, and here's what it says. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. So this passage is all about how Jesus' sacrifice, it enables us to have grace. He became poor so that we could become rich. He became like us so that we could become like him. And this is describing the servanthood of Jesus, who through his sacrifice, he made a way for us to receive grace. He became poor so that we who were poor in grace could be filled up and could become rich in grace. Now, that word grace there is a Greek word that I'm going to have you say with me. The word is haris. It's C-H-A-R-I-S, all right? Haris. Let me hear you say haris. Haris. One more time. Haris. And that is grace. That's the big capital G grace of God. It is all his loving kindness. It is his goodwill toward you. It is that which brings you joy. Okay, so we receive the haris of God. We receive the generosity of God and we receive grace. God pours it out into us so that we who were empty can get filled up. It says, yet for your sake, he became poor so that through you, his poverty, through his poverty, you might become rich. Now, for most of us, that's not a new idea. We talk a lot around here about grace, about us receiving grace. But let me show you what it means when it comes to serving. Because here's the truth. This grace that we receive, this haris, is so big, it is so filling, it is so powerful that those of us that receive it, guess what? We have more than enough for ourselves. This grace is so abundant that we have enough to share. It's not just for us. Let me, let me look with you at 1 Peter 4.10. This is one of my favorite verses, and it makes this really clear. It says this. Each one of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. What this is saying is that we are stewards of the grace that has been poured into us. And that means that we ask this question, 
What do I do with the grace that I have? Now in this verse, that word grace is the same for um, hottest, all right? That same word grace, say hottest. Okay, but guess what? Let's look at the word gift. That word is tied to the word grace. It is a same form of the same root of the word. It is hottest ma. Say hottest ma. So this is saying that you receive a hottest, you receive grace, and as you give it out in your gift, your hottest ma, that you are being a faithful steward of God's grace. You are sharing God's grace with others. Our harisma, our gift, it gets poured out to somebody from grace. You see that? So I receive grace, hottest. It is so full, so abundant that it is overflowing in me. In fact, not all of it is for me. Get that? Some of the hottest that I get from God is for other people. And as I use my hottest ma, my gift, as a steward of God's grace, I am giving God's grace to other people. How cool is that? I love that verse, right? Okay. So basically what that means is that all of us are grace givers to each other. You experience grace when I use my gift on you. I experience grace when you use your gift on me. This is what it is to to be the church. So as you are desiring greatness to be your best self, to reach your full potential, it comes through each one of us serving each other. As I use my gifts, God's grace is poured into you so that you can become all that you're supposed to be. And as you use your overflowing grace in the form of a gift to serve others, it means that they have the grace to become all that God has called them to be. So the path to greatness is service because as I serve, you become great. As you serve, I become great. You got it? This is the church. Last weekend, I was at a speaking engagement in Southern California, and most of my speaking was done by Saturday, but on Sunday, I just had a a little thing that I had to do, and they were having a a kind of worship service where I just talked a little bit, and then I got to sit down, and then we shared communion. And the woman who had been leading worship, gifted worship leader throughout our whole weekend, she got up at the end of our communion time. She sang this song over us. And the whole weekend, she was amazing. I mean, she's an amazing vocalist, but, but because she is a worship leader, because she is gifted in that, because that's how she becomes a grace giver, as I sat there and just listened to these words that she was singing over me, it somehow shifted from it being her voice to being God's voice. And I just felt like, washed in these words from God to me. And I'm crying, you know. (laughs) But suddenly it was as if God was just filling me up with affirmation and encouragement and gentle, gentle challenge. And it just felt like the peace of God was there, as if no one else was in the room. That is God's grace being poured out through somebody using their gifts. 
Our hope is that every time that you show up here at Crosswinds, you get grace poured into you. And it's not just from those of us on staff, it's from our amazing volunteers. For those of you that are here in person on campus, from the moment that you get out of your car until you get back in, you are having grace poured into you again and again and again by like 30 different volunteers. You've got the kids ministry volunteers, our tech team, our greeters, our security team, our actors that were up here to help you kind of get a sense of all the gifts that are poured into you, all the grace that is poured into you as volunteers who have resolved to be great through serving pour into you. We want to show this video, and it's a way for, for you to see how grace is poured into you, and it's a way for us to thank those of you that volunteer who have already resolved to be great through serving. So take a look at this short video. To all our volunteers, we thank you. You get up early. You're the last ones out the door, day or night. You serve to be a part of the bigger story that is unfolding. You play the role that only you can play. And it's a story that we're all writing together. You realize that serving is more than the task that you do. It's more than making coffee or playing an instrument or working behind the scenes, more than hanging out with teens or playing trains with a child. It's more than handshakes and warm smiles, more than singing a song or having a conversation. It's way more than that. You serve to build a church community that welcomes people wherever they're at. You serve to create a safe place to explore faith you serve because God first served us. You serve as a way of life. You serve to show compassion and grace and love. You serve to show that there are second chances. And you show that God does not give up on people. You don't serve for power, recognition, popularity, or applause. You give when it's not easy and sacrifice when it's hard. You found joy when you put yourself second. You believe in a story bigger than yourself and a dream that only God can deliver on. What you do matters. It matters more than you often realize. Together, we can do so much. Together, we are used by God. And if you're not part of this story, we invite you in. And to all our volunteers, Thank you. We honor you. We couldn't do church without you being the church. Every time you interact with a volunteer here, they are using their charisma on you to give you God's grace. And not only are they changed as they do it, but you're changed as they do it. What would it be for you to be a person that chooses greatness through serving? I promised you I'd give you some resolve statements. Remember, those are those pre-decisions that we make so that when we get into all the nitty-gritty decisions, we already have a guide. So here is the first one. You probably already know it. Resolved, I will become great by serving others. 
I know some of you have been writing these down the whole, the whole series. You can take a picture. This is the resolve so that when the decisions come our way, it clears the deck so that we know when given the choice, I will choose to serve as my way to greatness. And if you resolve this, you will be on the Jesus path to greatness. So you've got choices all the time dangling in front of you about your greatness. And, and the Jesus way is to make a choice towards serving. We talked a little bit at the beginning about all the things that get in the way of us to greatness. You remember all the buts? And often, those are perceptions about ourselves. I'm too flawed. I'm too, too many mistakes. I'm too average. I'm too young. I'm too old, whatever. And these kind of narratives can really get in the way of us deciding to serve. And what I mean is that you may believe this, you may believe that greatness comes through serving, but it doesn't mean that you feel like God will use you. You may totally understand that grace is not just for us, but other people, but it doesn't mean that you feel like it's going to work on you because you are too whatever. And and for those of you that think that, I want to just close our time by talking to you a little bit. And I, and I want to do that not through another verse, but I want to just read you a story. Um, some of you may have heard it before. It's kind of like a, a little fable. It's not from the Bible or anything, but it may speak to, it will speak to this part in you that feels like you may be disqualified from serving. So just sit back and listen to this story. A water bearer in India had two large pots and each hung on the end of a pole that he carried across his neck. And one of the pots had a crack in it, while the other pot was perfect and it always delivered a full portion of water at the end of the long walk from the stream up to the master's house. And yet the cracked pot arrived only half full. And for two full years, this went on daily with the bearer delivering only one and a half pots full of water to his master's house. And of course, the perfect pot was proud of his accomplishments. But the poor cracked pot was ashamed of its own imperfections and miserable that it was only able to accomplish half of what it had been made to do. And after two years of what it perceived to be bitter failure, it spoke to the water bearer down by the stream one day. I am ashamed of myself and I want to apologize to you. Why? asked the bearer. What are you ashamed of? I have been able for these past two years to deliver only half my load because this crack in my side causes water to leak out all the way back to your master's house. And because of my flaws, you do all this work and you don't get full value for your efforts, the pot said. And the water bearer felt sorry for the old cracked pot. And in his compassion, he said, well, as we return to the master's house, I want you to notice the beautiful flowers along the path. And indeed, they went up the hill and the old cracked pot took notice of the sun warming the beautiful wildflowers on the side of the path and it cheered him some. But at the end of the trail, it still felt bad because it had leaked out half its load. And so again, it apologized to the bearer for its failure. And the bearer said to the pot, did you notice that there were only flowers on your side of the path and not the other pot's side? 
That's because I have always known about your flaw and I took advantage of it. I planted flower seeds on your side of the path and every day as we've walked back from the stream, you have watered them. And for two years, I have been able to pick these beautiful flowers to decorate my master's table. Without you being just the way you are, he would not have this beauty to grace his house. See, in reality, we're all a bunch of crackpots. But what I want you to hear today is that God knows all about the places that you feel imperfect and all the places that you think make you not worthy to share his grace. He not only knows, but he will use them. There are ways that you can give grace that no one else can because of the crack in your past or your present. And so here is the second resolve, specifically for those of you that may feel that you need this. Resolved, I will not disqualify myself from serving. Whatever those buts are in your way, I will not disqualify myself from serving. Now, I mentioned to you a little bit earlier that you have a lot of choices coming at you about greatness all the time. And part of how I know that that is the case, that you're going to be faced with those choices, is that we're going to actually give you some right now. Uh, We very purposely designed a service this morning that is shorter than usual for one very specific reason. Um, Out in the courtyard, you probably saw when you came in, we've got a bunch of tables out there with staff and volunteers from all different ministry teams who are ready to help you say yes to serving. Uh, Pretty much every volunteer team that we have at Crosswinds is out there, and we want to just give you time to explore You know, maybe there's a volunteer team that you know would be a good fit for you. You just haven't quite done it yet. Or or maybe you're new and, and you don't know what options there are. And this could be a chance for you to begin asking questions and seeing. And then maybe there's some of you that you're already on a team, but you're starting to feel like, you know, maybe it's time for a change. Maybe there's a place where I can be even more of a grace giver. And so we're going to give you a few minutes to get to practice this resolve, practice becoming great by serving others. All right, now here is one really important thing I want to say to those of you that have kids over in kids ministry. All right, as you head out and you go to the courtyard, those of you that have kids checked in at kids ministry, I'm going to ask you on behalf of our kids men team over there, don't go pick them up yet. They are not done yet. They will be done at 11.35. That's 13 minutes from now. Don't be that parent that goes in and then all the kids think their parents are coming right then, all right? So just give this time. Consider it our gift to you to get to be in the courtyard without your little kids, all right? All right, so just know that. This is uninterrupted time. All right, and just know, too, we're not asking you to commit today. We're just asking you to stop by one or two or 10 tables, whatever, and be paying attention to how the Jesus who said it is not about being at the table, it is about serving, how he might be inviting you to greatness through serving. All right, let's stand together and let me pray as we close to head out there. Jesus, um, We can hear your words again and again, and to be honest, it feels like they often just slide right off. 
And so I just ask for a special anointing of your grace today that these words would stick. God, for anyone here who feels disqualified, that you would just um, open their eyes to how you have used them, to how you could use them. God, for those who for whatever reason feel like, who are they to step up and serve in your church? God, I ask that you would empower them. God, out of our thankfulness for how you made yourself poor to fill us up, that we would respond this way. And we are so, so thankful that this is how you designed your church, that each one of us matters, that who we are as crosswinds is different because of who's here. God, we trust that you are the divine orchestrator of all of that, and so we wanna say yes to that. Thank you so much for our time today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. We'll see you out in the courtyard, and we will have some of our pastors and elders here for prayer if you need prayer today. Thanks, see you next week.